Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Good evening, River of Life. I am so glad to be at church tonight. How about you? Uh, I just want to take a moment. We were in the middle of worship, and uh, all of a sudden I got a text message from my daughter-in-law who's upstairs running sound for live stream, and uh, she said, um, we can hear you. Um, so they could hear me singing, apparently. My mic was muted. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. She goes, I just, something sounded off. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, would you just zoom that camera in on me for just a moment? For all of you who are watching live and those of you in Star Valley, I want to just take a moment and I want to give you a sincere apology <laughs> for what you had to endure for that first song. We got, oh, some of you are sweet. Some of you are just like, yeah, no joke. And some of you are like, oh, don't be so hard on yourself. You didn't have to hear it. So uh, thank you. That, you're good. Um, no, we are super excited about what's taking place. Uh, Star Valley was amazing from what uh, Pastor Angela was telling me just a little while ago. These guys went down and they brought, I think, 10 teenagers and Pastor Hunter and Pastor Angela. Nikki's down there still. She's working with them this weekend. And, uh, and some other adults went along and just had an amazing time. They did Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. They did VBS. And they did it in a park. So they had to set up and tear down every day. And then on Friday night, they set up to do the block party. Uh, and then they, they got word that uh, it was going to be a huge storm. So they moved everything inside and made a way. The building is not that big. And they made a way for that to work. And can I tell you that they, they gave out 172 backpacks full of school supplies last night. And they had, 100 and they had 115 kids sign up to get their school shoes. And so, how amazing is that? And so, first of all, we've got some very tired people in the house. Uh, and, uh, but I appreciate every one of you. I thank you for your, for your willingness to go and to serve. And those of you who took time off of work to go do that, I, I really appreciate your heart. So excited to see what God's doing. Amen. Well, we are in a series called No Lies, and this will be our last week in this series. Um, but I want to just take a few moments. If you've been with us, you know that we've been looking at John chapter 8, starting with verse 31. And this has been kind of the key verse that we kind of launch out of every week. And it's this. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus said to them, If God were your father... You would love me, for I have come from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments as we look at your word, I pray, Father, that you'll show us exactly what we need to see. God, I thank you for truth. I thank you that there is a truth. That, God, there isn't my version of truth and your view. It's your truth, God. You are truth. 
So Father, as we look at this, I know that for some, this has been a a difficult series, but God, I pray that we will open our hearts and our minds to hear from you. Pray for those who are joining us live in Star Valley, those who will watch this later in Malawi, those who will watch it in the jail, in the prison, and in Alaska. God, we're so grateful for the voice that you've given us, but God, I pray that I'll actually get out of the way and that your word will be front and center. And we just give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we look at this, so many of the enemy's lies have become mainstream. And I, we've been talking about this over the last few weeks that even the church has begun to adopt things that don't align with his word. They, they've begun to adopt things and count them as truth because the world has screamed that they're true for so long that we feel like we need to believe it. And the reality is, as we started this series, we talked foundationally about God's word and we said that this is the the measuring stick. This is the thing that all things must align with. So when society screams something, just because they're louder doesn't make them right. Just because you see it everywhere doesn't make it truth. If it aligns with the book, then it's true. If it doesn't align with the book, it is not true. And we need to understand that if we lose that foundation, it changes everything. So we've looked at many different things throughout the last few weeks. If you haven't been with us, I would encourage you to hop online and get caught up. But last week, we talked about the popularity lie and how society says that we need to, we need to make sure that, we are, that we're in the limelight, that we're popular, that, that, we, that everybody loves us and everybody likes us. And as we looked at Scripture, we saw that Jesus said, they're going to hate you because they hated me first. Now that's, again, like I said last weekend, that's not in the church brochure. We don't have that on the website, right? Come to River, they'll hate you. It's great. But Jesus said it. He said if we're doing this right, the world will hate us. So today I want to look at the next lie, and that is that the lambs must be silenced. Matthew chapter 10, verse 24. Students are not greater than their teacher, and slaves are not greater than their master. Students are to be like their teacher, and slaves are to be like their master. And since I, the master of the household, have been called the prince of demons, the members of my household will also be called uh, by even worse names. But don't be afraid of those who threaten you, for the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. What I tell you now in the darkness, shout abroad uh, when daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. So real quick, we're going to continue reading just a second, but the enemy is trying to silence the lambs. But Jesus is saying that we need to be a people that shout from the rooftop. We have come to a place where we feel like, well, if we pull back, if we're quiet, if we're sweet enough, if we're nice enough, if we don't try to ruffle anybody's feathers, then they'll like us and then they'll want to be like us. But Jesus said the time is coming when all truth will be revealed, and as he reveals to us, we need to reveal it to the world. As he brings revelation to the church, the church needs to shout revelation to this world. Verse 28. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What is the price of two sparrows, one copper coin? 
But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without the Father knowing it. And the very hairs of your head are numbered. Some of us make that easier on God. I'm just trying to save him some time. Verse 31. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. So as we look at scripture, we need to understand there is this movement that says just be loving, just be kind, just be sweet. Jesus, as you read his words, Jesus pulled no punches. He spoke truth. Why? Because he loved us. We speak truth when we love. We can, we can pull back. We can try and go along and get along, or we can do what Jesus did, and that is to speak truth even when it isn't popular. So he begins this, this passage of Scripture, and again, he's saying, the student isn't greater than the master. And last week he said, if they hate me, they'll hate you. So he tells us these things, that all these things that are covered in darkness will come into the light, which means that truth will be revealed. Not your truth or their truth, but the truth will be revealed. Hello. Right? So we can play the game that society says they want us to play, which is my truth is different than your truth, and I'm just going to live my truth, and you go girl, and all that. I mean, we could do that. But the reality is, is that there is a truth. And God is revealing his truth to us through his word, and he's saying you are to shout that truth. I will. Yep. It means that the lies of the enemy has gotten away with all of those lies are going to come into the light. And that this cultural nonsense that continues to go on and on and gets worse and worse and worse, it's all going to be revealed. And the church that has wavered or bent to make itself relevant will be brought into the light as well. Jesus needs us to get past our fear of what others think of us. He even makes the bold statement that says, why would you fear people who can only hurt your body but can't touch your soul? And we live in a country right now where I know it's crazy, but to be, if we're being honest, we're not in some of the countries of the world where they actually will hurt you for being a believer we live in the U.S., and right now they won't hurt us physically, but they'll hurt our feelings or hurt our social standing or hurt our reputation online. And for many of us, that's enough to stop us from speaking truth. Jesus then gives us a very specific instructions. That is, if we please man but not God, God can hurt not only our body, but he can also send our soul to hell. I'm just telling you right now, this movement that says, just be loving, just be kind, just be sweet, Jesus is this, Jesus speaks truth, and sometimes it's harsh. So why would Jesus speak so harshly? Because his ultimate goal for us is not comfort, but it is for our salvation and for our best. 
He doesn't coddle us because Jesus knows what we've been saying through this whole series is absolutely true, that truth equals love. When you love someone, you speak truth to them. When you care about somebody, you actually care about them, that when they're doing something that is damaging to them, when they're doing something that could ultimately hurt them, you speak truth to them in love, right? We do it in a way where we're saying, hey, I care so much about you. I want you to be your best. I want you to have the best. I think you're going in the wrong direction. Jesus models it for us. He could have said something here that would have made him more popular, more likable. His publicist could have stepped in and given him a speech that would have given everybody the warm fuzzies. But Jesus didn't come to bring warm and fuzzy. He came to bring truth. Why? Because truth brings freedom. Truth brings freedom. If we care, we want, we want those in our lives to understand what it is to be free, to experience freedom. We read that verse, and we'll read it again in a moment, but, but the truth will set you free. We have so many people in our lives that are in bondage because they've begun to believe this narrative that the world has said to them that whatever you think is true is true. And so you just live your life. You live your truth. And they wonder why things aren't getting better, why they're not feeling more fulfilled, why they're not finding that joy and that peace that only comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so out of this, Jesus is saying, I don't want you to live any way you want. I want you to live the way I designed you to live. And out of that truth comes freedom for you. Over the past few decades... I have watched our nation change from being a Christian nation to what it is no longer. And I saw it years ago when I was in youth ministry, there was this thing that came about as I was starting in youth ministry where you started to hear the, the word tolerance a lot. And tolerance this, and you need to tolerate that, and you need to be more tolerant, and all of these things. And what I watched is it became this hammer that was used in society to try and shut down the church. It was, it was used in a way that would, that would try and silence those who would speak the truth of God's word. And the worst thing that you could be was called intolerant. I read, I read a paragraph from John Bevere not too long ago, and so I put it in my notes because I thought this was really, explains this really well. He says this, Jesus warns the church in Thyatira against tolerance which was leading them into immorality and idolatry. Our culture often confuses love and tolerance. The two couldn't be more different. Love seeks the other person's good. Tolerance seeks to be thought of as good in the other person's eyes. Love comes from fearing God. Tolerance comes from fearing man. Nowhere in Scripture is tolerance held up as a virtue Just a reminder to anchor your values in God's word, not in the world's broken systems. Love comes from fearing God. Tolerance comes from fearing man. So over the last two decades, the enemy has used the fear of being intolerant to silence the lambs. And it is time for us to not be silenced anymore. Jesus called out sin. He didn't tolerate it. Now, hear me, because he always did it with love and compassion. 
And this is where we, we struggle with this because we can, we, we don't want to, we, we're not called to be mean. We are always called to love. But again, truth equals love. So if, if we are truly called to love this, the, the people of this world, if we are called to love those that we are serving, it, those numbers from, from this last month of, of the amount of people that were served out of this place uh, blow my mind. As we were making that video, I thought, that is incredible, God, that you would use this little church in East Missoula to have that big of an impact in just one month of the summer is incredible. So we are out there loving our community on purpose. Why? Because we don't want to be the church that stands on the street corner and screams hatred things at people. Because that is not who God is. God is love, and he loves people. And so inside of that, we, we do all the things that we do, so we have opportunity to bring love to them. But as we love them, it isn't about, hey, you just be however you want, and you live your truth, and, you, and, and it's all fine. No, we are going to speak truth about what God says about you. And as we do that, then all of a sudden, people will begin to realize, I, I've been lied to. This world has lied to me. This world has, has sold me a bill of goods that, that do me no good. The enemy will use fear and offense to keep the church off of offense. The enemy will use the fear of offense so that we will cower and be quiet and not speak truth. We're so worried that we'll offend someone that we refrain from sharing the truth. Maybe that's, maybe that's somebody because of the lifestyle they've chosen. Maybe that's, or maybe it's just coworkers who you're, you just so badly want to be accepted. And that's, that's human nature. We want to be accepted. I don't want to be the outsider. I don't want to be the one that people look at differently. I don't want to be the one that nobody wants to talk to when I'm at work or when I'm at that party or when I'm with that group of friends. I don't want to be that person. And so I'm going to just stay silent over here in the corner. And I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But the reality is, is time is short. Jesus is coming back. He is coming for his church. And if we love people, we need to open our mouths. We need to speak truth. We need to share his love. We need to share about this hope that we have through a Savior. Even if it offends. Even if it makes somebody upset. Jesus told us, they'll hate you because they hated me first. The verse that we started with, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I wanted to reread it again because there's a couple things in there that we've never really landed on, but I just want to reiterate as, we, as we're coming to the end of this series. Jesus said to those who believed in him, if you abide in my word, in scripture, See, those churches that would discount the Old Testament, when he's talking about the Word, that's all he had was the Old Testament. New Testament hadn't been written yet, right? So he's saying, if you abide in my Word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth. So where's the truth from? It's from being in his Word. So as the church, we need to understand how important this book is. It's not a book that you just keep on your shelf so that some people might know you've got it. 
It's not, a, it's not a book that you just keep in your nightstand so you can say you have one. It's a book that you need to be in because it's where the truth abides. And when you know the truth, you find freedom. We are, we are in a position and a time right now like never before where we need to be in the book because we need to understand and weigh it against what this world has to say. Things are upside down in this world. I'm watching as a woman is celebrated this week on social media as she puts an altar in her home to worship abortion. And it's got all kinds of views. People are watching it. She's telling you a DIY how to build your own altar To sacrifice children. Jesus always loved people while he still called out sin. Matthew 16, 25. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. So... We, we sing songs, we read scripture that talk about dying to ourselves, about picking up our cross and following Jesus, and those are all really nice phrases to say and things to sing about, but the reality is, is what, that, what those scriptures are talking about is us as believers, we've accepted Jesus into our life, it means that my life as I knew, knew it is over, and I am to be dead to myself, and that my life is to be bringing honor and glory to God. So if I've already died to this world, this world can take nothing from me. We're called to live by conviction, not convenience. Can I just tell you, you can't kill what is already dead. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can't kill what's already dead. Some of you didn't do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can't kill what's already dead. I can see you up here. You know that, right? But most Christians run for cover at the first sign of conflict. Can you imagine if Paul was to visit our day? Paul's getting whipped and beaten and imprisoned. And Western culture, we cower at the thought of getting thrown into Twitter jail. Right? Like that'll stop us from saying something because what if they take my social media away? And Paul gets out of jail and he goes right back to it. Why? Because he said, I'm already dead to myself. I'm dead to this world. This world doesn't matter to me. Take all that I have, but give me Jesus. The enemy can get you to believe that if the enemy can get you to believe that, uh, that this life is so important, it will keep you quiet. In other words, he can silence the lambs. Why should we speak up? What if it costs us something? You know, I, I found this quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., was given a speech, and he said this, you may be 38 years old, as I happen to be, 
And one day, some great opportunity stands before you and calls you to stand up for some great principle, some great issue, some great cause. And you refuse to because you are afraid. You refuse to do it because uh, you want to live longer. You're afraid that you will lose your job or you are afraid that you will be criticized or you will lose your popularity or you're afraid that somebody will stab you or shoot you or bomb your house. So you refuse to take a stand. Well, may, uh, well you may go on to live to be 90, but you're just as dead at 38 as you would, have been, as you would be at 90. And the sensation of breathing in your life uh, is but a belated announcement of an earlier death of your spirit. So Dr. King is challenging people to live for their convictions. He's saying if you don't speak up, if you don't live it out, if you don't walk out what you know you're supposed to, then you might as well have died at that moment. I wonder how many walking zombies attend church. They decide not to stand in fear of losing not their life in this country, because that won't happen at this point, but maybe their livelihood, maybe their comfort, maybe their convenience, maybe their peer group. There are people in other parts of the world who take a stand for Jesus and it actually costs them something. There are those who would be imprisoned. There are those who, who could lose their life. There are those who, who will lose their family. There are those who would lose it all. And yet they stand. Why? Why would they stand? Because they understand Scripture. Scripture says, it's not about me anymore. Now, you may sit here and go, man, I wish I would have went camping this weekend. And I understand this isn't easy. But it's truth. So why are we preaching it? Because truth equals love. Amen. Because truth equals love. And there's a lot of easy things I can talk about. But I know that time is limited. I know that this world is only going to get worse. And if the church continues to be quiet, it will only get worse faster. It's time for us to stand. It's time for us to speak up. It's time for us to live this thing out. It's not good enough to just come on the weekends. It's not. I love that you're here. I appreciate that you're here. It's not even good enough to just come and serve occasionally. We have to be the church in our community. We have to be Jesus wherever we go. We have to show who he is and that he does love people. But he loves them so much that he speaks truth to them. It's not too late to continue to win people for Jesus Christ. In just a moment, I'm going to have the worship team come, and they're going to get ready to lead us in just a little bit more worship. But I wanted to take a moment because I heard a story some years ago, and it took place under communism. And there was a little house church that was meeting, and they had kind of created this secret place, and they had gotten a room that was big enough to seat 40 or 50 of them, and they, they would meet together, and they would worship together, and they would read the Bible together, and they would pray, and it was, it was dangerous for them to do so. They crammed into this space, and they were in the midst of one of their gatherings, and, and all of a sudden, these soldiers broke in the back door, and they came in with their guns, and they, and they held them up in the air, and they said, 
they said, whoever of you is willing to die for Jesus, you can stay here. If you're not, get out. And so many of the people got, got up and left, and they ran from the, from the building. And after they ran from the building, the soldiers went and they closed the doors, and they were believers. And they said, we wanted to make sure that we're all for real in the house. And they continued with the church service. I wonder what would happen in this house. I wonder what would happen in your house. Would you stand? Or would you fall? Do you really believe that when you accepted Christ, that this world no longer matters? We have to believe it. We have to stand for it. Now, for many of us, we need to realize that this is a question that we need to ask ourselves because the time is coming when you may very well be asked, will you give it all for Jesus? If not, how do we get to that place? How can we get to a place where we truly can say, he is the most important to me? This evening, I'm going to ask everybody to just close your eyes with me as we close this time together. This is a hard question to ask. It's a hard space to maybe find yourself. The scripture that we read says that if we don't deny him on earth, he won't deny us before the Father. But if we do deny him on earth, he'll deny us in front of the Father. This is important. I know that we're all in different places in our journey today. Maybe you're new to your faith and you're still just trying to figure things out. Or maybe you've been in your faith for so long. But no matter where we are, this is something we need to ask ourselves. And if, you, if you're at all questioning, God, where am I with you? Am I, am I willing to lay it all down for you? It starts with reputation. You can't say, oh, I would give my life if you're not even willing to give up your reputation. What would happen if the church got bold again? What would happen if the church believed and acted on their belief? I'll tell you what would happen. Revival would happen. Change would happen. Communities would be transformed. So tonight, as we close out this time together, I'm going to pray over you. The worship team is going to lead us in some more worship. But as they do that, I just really want to challenge you. We're going to have prayer teams down here. If you need prayer for anything, you're welcome to come down and be prayed for. But I just really feel like for some of you, tonight is a night of heart surgery. Where you need to come and say, God, I think there's things in my life where I I don't want to give them to you. I don't want to let them go. I don't want to truly, fully deny myself. And as you're faithful and bring that to him and say, God, I, that's what I want. I want to be closer to you. I want to I know that I would do anything for you. He'll meet you there. And you'll actually find freedom because it's truth that sets you free. 
So I want to pray over you tonight. God, I thank you so much for your word and that it's true. God, I thank you for the fact that you love us so much that you sent Jesus to die on a cross for us so that we can have forgiveness of our sins, so that we can have salvation, so that you've made a way for us to have a relationship with you. So God, I'm so grateful for that. And God, as we read your word, and it's hard, some of the things that Jesus said are difficult for us to wrap our minds around. But God, I pray that you'll help us to be the church, that we will be the ones who will deny ourselves, that we'll set aside our agenda and our wants and our desires and that we will pursue you. And Lord, even if they hate us because of it, we'll know that we're in good company. Father, I pray boldness in this room. I pray, God, for those who are timid, that you would make them bold. For those who are afraid, we break off fear in Jesus' name. Let let this church rise up and be who you're calling us to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand as we sing? The altars are open if you want to spend some time in prayer. Thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.